Chapter Three of Christmas A Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas A Story by Zona Gale. Chapter Three. It was interesting to see how they took the proposal to drop that Christmas from the calendar there in Old Trail Town. It was so eminently a sensible thing to do, and they all knew it. Oh, every way they looked at it, it was sensible, and they admitted it. Yet, besides Mary Chava and Ebenezer Rule, probably the only person in the town whose satisfaction in the project could be counted on to be unfeigned, was little Tab Winslow, for Tab, as all the town knew, had a turkey brought up by his own hand to be the Winslow's Christmas dinner. But such had become Tab's intimacy with and fondness for the turkey that he was prepared to forgo his Christmas if only that dinner were foregone too. Theophilus Thistledown is such a human turkey, Tab had been heard explaining patiently. He knows me, and he knows his name. He don't expect us to eat him. Why, you can't eat anything that knows its name. But everyone else was just merely sensible, and they had been discussing Christmas in this sensible strain at the town meeting that night, before Simeon and Abel broached their plan for standardizing their sensible leanings. Somebody had said that Jenny Wing and Bruce Rule, who was Ebenezer's nephew, were expected home for Christmas, and had added that it didn't look as if there would be much of any Christmas down to the station to meet them. On which Miss Mortimer Bates had spoken out, philosophical to the point of brutality. Miss Bates was little and brown and quick, and her clothes seemed always to curtain her off so that her figure was no part of her presence. "'I ain't going to do a thing for Christmas this year,' she declared, as nearly everybody in the village had intermittently declared. "'Not a living, breathing thing. I can't, and folks might just as well know it flatfoot. What's the use of buying tinsel and flimflam when you're eating milk gravy to save butter and using salt sacks for handkerchiefs? I ain't educated up to see it.' Miss Jane Moran, who had changed her chair three times to avoid a draught, sat down carefully in her fourth chair, her face twitching a little as if its muscles were connected with her joints. "'Christmas won't be no different from any other day to our house this year,' she said. "'We'll get up and eat our three meals and sit down and look at each other. We can't even spare a hen. She might lay if we didn't eat her.' Miss Abby Winslow, mother of seven under fifteen, looked up from her rocking-chair. Miss Winslow always sat limp in chairs as if they were reaching out to rest her, and indeed this occasional yielding to the force of gravity was almost her only luxury. "'You ain't thinking of the children, Miss Bates,' she said, "'nor you either, Jane Moran, or you couldn't talk that way.' We can't have no real Christmas, of course, but I'd planned some little things made out of what I had in the house, things that wouldn't be anything, and yet would seem a little something. Miss Mortimer Bates swept round at her. Children, she said, ought to be showed how to do without things. 
Bennet and Gussie ain't expecting a sliver of nothing for Christmas, not a sliver. Miss Winslow unexpectedly flared up. Whether it shows through on the outside or not, she said, I'll bet you they are. My three, Miss Emerson Morse put in pacifically, have been kept from popping corn and cracking nuts all fall, so's they could do both Christmas night, and it would seem like something that was something. That ain't the idea, Miss Bates insisted. I want them learnt to do without. They'll learn that, Miss Abby Winslow said. They'll learn. Happening as it does to most every one of us not to have no Christmas, they won't be no distinctions drawn. None of the children can brag, and children is limbs of Satan for bragging, she added. She was remembering a brief conversation overheard that day between Gussie and Pep, the minister's son. I've got a doll, said Gussie. I've got a dollar, said Pep. My mama went to a tea party, said Gussie. My mama give one, said Pep. Gussie mustered her forces. My papa goes to work every morning, she topped it. My papa don't have to, said Pep, and closed the incident. I can't help who's a limb of Satan, Miss Winslow replied doggedly. I can't seem to sense Christmas time without Christmas. It won't be Christmas time if you don't have any Christmas, Miss Bates persisted. Oh, yes, it will, Miss Winslow said. Oh, yes, it will. You can't stop that. It was Miss Bates who, from the high-backed plush rocker, wrapped with the blue glass paperweight on the red glass lamp, and, in the absence of Mr. Bates, called the meeting to order. The old Trailtown Society was organized on a platform of membership unlimited, dues nothing but taking turns with the entertaining, officers to consist of president, the host of the evening, or wife, if any, and no minutes to bother with. And it was to a meeting so disposed on the subject of Christmas that Simeon Buck rose to present his argument. Mr. President, he addressed the chair. It's Madam President, you ninny-geese, corrected Buff Miles sotto voce. It had ought to be Madam Chairman, objected Ms. Moran. She ain't the continuous president. "'Well, for the land's sakes, call me Miss Bates formal, and go ahead,' said the lady under discussion. "'Only I bet you forgot now what you was going to say.' "'Not much I did not,' Simeon Buck continued composedly, and, ignoring the interruptions, let his own vocative stand. Then he presented a memorandum of a sum of money. It was not a large sum, but when he quoted it, everybody looked at everybody else, stricken.' for it was a sum large enough to have required in the earning months of work on the part of an appalling proportion of old trail town. From the day after Thanksgiving to the night before Christmas last year, said Simeon, that is the amount that the three hundred souls, no, I guess it must have been bodies, in our town, spent in the local stores. Now, bare living expenses aside, which ain't very much for us all these days, this amount may be assumed to have been spent by the lot of us for Christmas. Of course there were those, continued Mr. Buck, looking intelligently about him, who bought most of their Christmas stuff in the city. But these, these economic traitors, only make the point of what I say the more so. 
Without them, the town spent this truly amazing sum in keeping the holidays. Now I ask you, Frank, could the town afford that or anything like that? Buff Miles spoke out of the extremity of his reflections. That's a funny crack, he said, for a merchant to make. Why not leave em spend and leave em pay? Oh, I'll leave em pay, all right, rejoined Simeon significantly, and stood silent and smiling until there were those in the room who uncomfortably shifted. Then he told them the word he bore from Ebenezer Rule, that as they had feared and half expected, the factory was not to open that winter at all. Hardly a family represented in the rooms was not also representative of a factory employee, now idle these seven months, as they were periodically idle at the times of enforced suspension of the work. "'What I'm getting at is this,' Simeon summed it up, "'and Abel Ames here backs me up, don't you, Abel? "'That hadn't we all ought to come to some joint conclusion about our Christmas this year, "'and roust the town up to it like a town, "'and not go it blind and either get in up to our necks in debt, same as city folks, "'or else quit off Christmas individual and mebby hurt folks's feelings?' Why not move intelligent like a town, and all agree out and out to leave Christmas go by this year, and have it understood thorough? It was very still in the little rooms when he had finished. There seems to be no established etiquette of revolutions, but something of the unconsciousness of the enthusiast was upon Miss Mortimer Bates, and she spoke before she knew. "'so's we can be sure everybody else'll know it "'and not give something either and be disappointed too,' she assented. "'Well, I bet everybody'd be real relieved.' "'The churches has sanctioned us doing away with Christmas this year "'by doing away with it themselves,' observed Miss Jane Moran. "'That it ought to be enough to go by.' "'It don't seem to me Christmas is a thing for the churches to decide about,' "'said Simeon thoughtfully.' It seems to me the matter is up to the merchants and the grocers and the family providers. We're the ones most concerned. Us providers have got to scratch gravel to get together any Christmas at all, if any. And speaking for us merchants, I may say, we'll lay in the stock if folks'll buy it. But if they can't afford to pay for it, we don't want the stock personally. "'I guess we've all had the experience,' observed Miss Jane Moran, "'of announcing we wasn't going to give any gifts this year, "'and then had somebody send something embroidered by hand "'with a solid month's work on it. "'But if we all agree to secede from Christmas, "'we can lay down the law to folks so's it'll be understood. "'No Christmas for nobody.' "'Not to children?' said Miss Abby Winslow doubtfully. "'My idea is to teach him to do entirely without Christmas,' harped Miss Bates. "'We can't afford one. Why not let the children share in the family privation without trying to fool em with makeshift presents and boiled sugar?' Over in a corner near the window plants, whose dead leaves she had been picking off, sat Ellen Bourne. Miss Matthew Bourne she was, but nearly everybody called her Ellen Bourne. There is some law about these things, why instinctively we call some folk by the whole name, some by their first names, some by the last, some by shortening the name, some by a name not their own. Perhaps there is a name for each of us if only we knew where to look, 
and folk intuitively select the one most like that. Perhaps some of us, by the sort of miracle that is growing every day, got the name that is meant for us. Perhaps some of us struggle along with consonants that spell somebody else. And how did some names get themselves so terrifically overused, unless by some strange might, say a kind of astrological irregularity? Ellen Bourne sat by the window and suddenly looked over her shoulder at the room. "'If we've got the things made,' she said, "'can't we give em if it's to children?' "'I think if we're going to omit, we'd ought to omit,' Miss Bates held her own. "'It can't matter to you, Ellen, with no children, so—' She caught herself sharply up. Ellen's little boy had died a Christmas or two ago. "'No,' Ellen said. "'I ain't any children, of course, but—' "'Well, I think,' said Miss Jane Moran, "'that we've hit on the only way we could have hit on "'to chirk each other up over a hard time.' "'And get off delicate ourselves, same time,' said Buff Miles. "'From the first, Buff had been advocating what he'd called an open Christmas, "'and there were those near him at the meeting "'to whom he had confided some plan about church choir Christmas carol serenades, "'which he was loath to see set at naught. "'Not much afterwards, Simeon Buck put the motion. "'Ms. Chairman,' he said, "'I move you, and all of us, that the old trail town meeting do and hereby does declare itself in favor of striking christmas celebrations from its calendar this year and that we circulate a petition through the town to this effect headed by our names and that we all own up that it's for the simple and regretful reason that not a mother's son of us can afford to buy christmas presents this year and what's the use of scratching to keep up appearances for a breath Abel Ames hesitated. Then he spoke voluntarily for the first time that evening. "'Mr. President, I second the hull of that,' said he slowly, and without looking at anybody, and then sighed his vast triple sigh. <sighs> there was apparently nobody to vote against the motion. Miss Winslow did not vote at all, Ellen Bourne said no, but she said it so faintly that nobody heard save those nearest her, and they felt a bit embarrassed for her because she had spoken alone, and they tried to cover up the minute. Carried, said the chair, and slipped out in the kitchen to put on the coffee. At the meeting there was almost nobody who, in the course of the evening, did not make or reply to some form of observation on one theme. It was, well, I wish Mary Chava'd been to the meeting, she'd have enjoyed herself, or, well, won't Mary Chava be glad of this plan they've got, she's wanted it a good while, or, we all seem to have come to Mary Chava's way of thinking, don't we? You know she ain't kept any Christmas for years. Unless it was Abel Ames. He, in fact, made or replied to almost no observations that evening. He drank his coffee without cream, sugar, or spoon. They are always overlooking somebody's essentials in this way, and such is Old Trail Town's shy courtesy that the omission is never mentioned or repaired by the victim, and sighed his triple sigh at intervals and went home. 
Hetty, he said to his wife, who had not gone to the meeting, they put it through. We won't have no Christmas creditors this year. We don't have to furnish charged Christmas presents for nobody. She looked up from the towel she was feather-stitching. She was a little woman who carried her head back and had large eyes and the long curved lashes of a child. I suppose you're real relieved, ain't you, Abel? she answered. My, yes, said Abel, without expression. My, yes. They all took the news home in different wise. Matthew, said Ellen Bourne, the town meeting voted not to have any Christmas this year. That is, to ask the folks not to have any, count of the expense. Sensible move, said Matthew, sharpening his axe by the kitchen stove. It'll be a relief for most folks not to have the muss and the clutter, said Ellen's mother. Hey, king and country, said Ellen's old father, whittling a stick. I ain't done no more and look on at a Christmas for ten years and more, with no children around so. I know, said Ellen Bourne, I know. The announcement was greeted by Mortimer Bates with a slap of the knee. "'Good-bye, Falderall,' he said. "'We need a sane Christmas in the world, a good sight more, and we need a sane fourth, most places. Good work!' But Bennet and Gussie Bates burst into wails. "'Hush!' said Miss Bates peremptorily. "'You ain't the only ones, remember. It's no Christmas for nobody.' "'I thought the rest of em would have one, and we could go over to theirs,' sobbed Gussie. "'I'd rather pretend it's Christmas in other houses, even if we ain't it,' mourned Bennet. "'Be my little man and woman,' admonished Miss Mortimer Bates. At the Morans, little Emily Moran made an unexpected deduction. "'I won't stay in bed all day Christmas,' she gave out. "'Stay in bed,' echoed Miss Moran. "'Why on this earth should you stay in bed?' "'Well, if we get up, then it's Christmas, and you can't stop it,' little Emily triumphed. When they told Pep, the minister's son, after a long preparation by story and other gradual approach, and a Socratic questioning cleverly winning damning admissions from Pep, he looked up in his father's face thoughtfully. "'If they ain't no Christ's birthday this year, is it a lie that Christ was born?' he demanded." and secretly the children took counsel with one another. Would Buff Miles, the church choir tenor, take them out after dark on Christmas Eve to sing church choir serenades at folks's gates, or would he not? And when they thought that he might not, because this would be considered Christmas celebration and would only make the absence of present giving the more conspicuous, as in the case of the Sunday schools themselves, they faced still another theological quandary. For if it was true that Christ was born, then Christmas was his birthday, and if Christmas was his birthday, wasn't it wicked not to pay any attention? Alone of them all, little Tab Winslow rejoiced. His brothers and sisters made the time tearful with questionings as to the effect on Santa Claus, and how would they get word to him, and would it be Christmas in the city, and why couldn't they move there? and other matters denoting the reversal of this their earth. 
but tab slipped out the kitchen door to the corner of the barn where the great turkey gobbler who had been named held his empire trustingly oh theophilus thistledown said tab to him you're the only one in this town that's going to have a christmas you ain't got to be et end of chapter three